back to the Dusty Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and we got the special Jesse Nyberg on today on the podcast. Um, Jesse, uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, a little tired. Uh, I think I was telling you um, before when we uh, were walking up here, like you were like, oh, what'd you do today? And I said nothing because I like to do just like a certain type of task in yeah. one day so even after this i'm probably just gonna go do like laundry or some shit i feel that yeah just a normal day <laughs> yeah you're a normal person and some people forget that when they're watching people on screens i think that like, they see like they see your videos or whatever they're watching and they're like oh this guy was always designing probably or making some type of art but yeah you're let them know too you're, you're just a normal person doing normal things too <laughs> right yeah i i feel guilty sometimes too about like just not going hard or whatever all the time but yeah. i think that that's a problem like i shouldn't be forced to like the cool part about being like a freelancer and doing also like the content stuff is the fact that i can do stuff whenever i want and mm -hmm. however long but i've noticed that if you get into like that flow where you're always working a lot all the time it's good because it keeps you accountable and it keeps you consistent yeah but then if you kind of you don't give yourself breaks, you know, after a while. And then if you get into the part where you're like, I'm a chill, like I do whatever I want, it's hard to get back into that, like always doing shit. Yeah. So there's a weird balance you got to figure out, Feel you that. know. Because when you're working too much and like you're going super hard, you forget to take your break. You forget everything that's like outside that's going on in your life. Yeah. It's just like this one thing you're focusing on or mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. And then, yeah, if you chill, you're like that could just, you could be chilling for like a long time and you just fall off and you stop doing like anything. So yeah, yeah, it's the balance between between those for sure. Um, we are talking about earlier too, you have your YouTube channel, Jesse Nyberg, and you also have the Jesse Nyberg podcast where you interview usually designers or artists. Mm -hmm. And I saw that you recently are pausing it kind of. And so yeah, if you could just touch on that. Yeah. Taking a break. Yeah, um, it's basically because I want to devote a little bit more time into the more polished content and mm -hmm. like the stuff I want to be held to a less more rigid schedule like I do where it's like, oh, every Thursday this is a podcast and every Tuesday or every other Tuesday I put out a video. Um, the podcast being coming out every week was making me feel like I also had to post a video every week mm -hmm. or else it would start to fill up with too many podcasts in a row and I didn't want to be like, yeah. oh, I'm all about podcasts only. Same with the Instagram feed and shit. Like mm -hmm. if it filled up with too many clips or podcasts or reels, I was like, damn, where's all the cool design shit at? You know, I don't want it to be all one yeah. thing. Um, so now that I'm kind of taking a break, I think I might come back with it eventually or eventually sounds long. But at some point, uh, I want to have it on a new channel, though, because I kind of discovered through all my analytics and stuff. There's not a lot of crossover between who enjoys like the normal uh, shorter form and like medium form content yeah. and like the long form podcast the podcast is more of like a deeper relationship with the audience like you're growing it horizontally whereas mm -hmm. like other videos is what grows the actual channel yeah. like up that's understandable and your podcast is really i was trying to find like words to describe it but it's like warm and cozy and like you definitely have a like an easy voice to listen to which uh -huh. I people i think people like a lot so that's super cool that you can do that and you asked a lot of good questions too, and you have like you did the one with Aaron Draft, and that's pretty much how I got into you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I discovered him I, beginning of COVID. I was I was so bored. I was trying to just try all these different ventures of like hobbies and things I wanted to do. Right. And originally I started as graphic design. Then I wanted to go into like making a clothing brand, make my own designs. But then I figured, or I found out that making 
designs like it's a lot of work and like <laughs> like people don't want to do put that work into it yeah um so i kind of like fell off of that but yeah your video like with aaron draplin definitely got me into that i bought all of his books and everything too um but like how that was pretty cool like you talked to him yeah he's tight man yeah I, I, uh, og when i was in college he was like my favorite designer and i would do like projects about him and shit whenever we had to do these like faux presentations or like oh find like an inspirational person and make like a yeah. book about them or some like kind of bullshit assignment mm -hmm. but yeah i really liked his approach to design and i liked how he was very kind of um he didn't really like that i said this but like blue collar because he was like that disrespects the people that are doing like hard work because i'm just yeah. sitting at a computer but like you know in essence in his in his uh vibe you know it's yeah, a lot more it's not like all suited out and like boring and corporate even though his design style is super clean i feel like he brings a cool approach like he's probably uh the closest thing that we have in the design world to like a celebrity or whatever mm -hmm. of that besides like you know rest in peace like virgil or someone in another type yeah, of design like definitely. that yeah um one thing that's pretty motivating and inspiring is that you're pretty consistent posting youtube videos and you were working a normal design job before that right mm -hmm. or like the same time i guess when you started your youtube channel and now you're freelance yeah like how's that journey been yeah i mean that that shit was hard I, looking back on it i don't really know how i did it because especially early on like I really don't feel like I got in any real good momentum on the YouTube channel until like the past six months or so. Mm -hmm. um, like I've probably gotten like 5,000 subscribers or something in the past like week or two, oh, wow. which is like pretty like insane because I yeah. had like a video blow up, but it took me almost, let's see, over a year to get a thousand. So it's just really? funny to think that you can get 5,000 in like that short of time and it not feel like it didn't feel like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I'm popping <laughs> off or whatever. It just felt like, oh, cool. But, like, that first 100 was, like, insane or that first 1,000. Like, the the rewards have, like, diminishing returns, I feel like. And that's why you see people that are, like, famous, you know, with the million subscribers kind of acting like, oh, yeah, it was cool. Like, I got a million or 500,000. It's not because they're, like, ungrateful, but you get desensitized to that kind of shit. See, like yeah. your threshold for success just gets raised. So that's like an internal, it's kind of depressing, but it's like an eternal like thing that you'll never meet. Like you never win or accomplish like the thing unless you set like a rigid goal and that's it. And then you stop, you know, cause it's yeah. always like more and more and more. And that's like the double-edged sword of it. But <laughs> when I had a job, like I would do everything on Saturday. Okay. Sunday so I would do videos on Saturday try to edit them all I had my homie Vince that was living with me and my girl at the time he would edit my videos and I had like no money so I'd give him like $20 or something and, <laughs> and like it sucked because like oh, he deserved more but he was he did it so I was, I was like grateful and then I started doing my own but uh and then on Sundays I would do like freelance work or Saturdays also do freelance work and then I worked nine to five more like nine to like eight sometimes mm -hmm. because um I used to work at this agency that made like movie posters for Hollywood. So like okay. key art, we'd work on like Netflix, HBO, Paramount, all these big productions. Yeah. And like we do like the, the, the art and um, that industry is, is like shitty. It's very um, like toxic and like they have a lot of crazy hours. Like sometimes if we had to finish a project for like Amazon Prime or whatever, We'd go in at nine and they'd order us dinner and stuff because we'd be there till like 10 or 11 and come back yeah. in at like nine or eight, you know? That's crazy. And luckily I was still on hourly at the time, so I got overtime. But 
it was like hellish. And like, I was looking at the people up above me, the art directors, and they were there too. So I was like, oh, damn, this doesn't really get any better. Like, this is just this kind of job. You just get paid more eventually. So I kind of just quit after like maybe eight months or something. Maybe a year. I don't know. I try. I always try to get. I mean, it's a good chunk of time. You experience. And I quit, and then COVID happened like a month later, and I got another job in that small time between me quitting and COVID happening. So if I would have let myself, everyone else I knew got fired there too. The the young, the juniors, the uh, junior art directors. So my like kind of fuck this jobness gave me that one little sliver a month to get a new job because I wouldn't have got hired at the new job during COVID and I would have got fired at the last one. So I got very lucky and I had no, it wasn't, it was just like one of those like cliche, like shit always works out type things. Yeah. Know? And I worked at this place called Art of Sport, which was uh, uh, co-founded by Kobe and it was like this sports um, body care company, like deodorant and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got to work with like James Harden and people like that and wow. do all this cool like kind of campaigns and stuff. And that's when I really started getting into the YouTube and I was working that job. I was the brand designer there. Like I was doing everything design, like photo shoots, packaging, all this shit. So it got really hard to also do the YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I started to like slack a little bit at my job and then also pursue some freelance so I could get some more clients. Yeah. And once I felt comfortable, I just like quit that job too. And then um, went freelance and went on the YouTube. But it took me a while to like the last three months to make any even mentionable money from like youtube or it's been like more than two years yeah in those two years have you burnt out like burn yourself out at all from making content yeah i think so yeah i think that burnout isn't like a per like a uh you you either are or you aren't like i feel like there's thresholds to it a little bit mm-hmm. or or not thresholds like it's a it's a spectrum i guess in a way yeah. um like some people th- think like oh i'm i'm burnt out like i'm not making anything else or i'm going i'm going i feel like i i go in and out between the things um i think you have to reach that level it's like it's hard because i tried to like preach mental health and all this shit and like be have a good schedule and like be respective of your time and like don't do too much but it almost seems like all the people that have done anything dope ha- have like done that too much at some point. Yeah. And like they talk about it in hindsight, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of fear that that's just like a part of the process a little bit. I've yeah. gotten healthier with it now and I'm more scheduled. Like I said, I might not do shit today. Yeah. Two years ago, I'd have went home and like made my own podcast or video or whatever, you know? I see. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Do you ever, I'm sure you do, but do you ever have the feeling you're just like, I want to quit all of this? Like even stop doing design or stop doing YouTube and almost just like give in to society and just work like a regular job. Have you ever had that feeling before? Yeah, but my giving in isn't like to society like normal job. It's just getting a job as a designer. Interesting. Yeah. Like I'd still be doing something cool. Like I know like not to be like too confident or whatever, but I feel like with the experience I've gained the past few years, I have a pretty good like chance to where if I want to just go and get a job at like a studio or something totally, like yeah. I could, you know, 100%. and uh, I, I know a lot of people that work at studios, like even the crave directors at ones in like Venice and Santa Monica and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's all I wanted when I was in school, you know, all I wanted to do was work at a cool agency or like, you know, like at Pentagram in New York or some shit. And it's weird how easily like 
you can be so obsessed with something and then you do something else and it completely like, I don't care about that at all anymore. I'd so much rather you give up some of the big, big clients, like working with Nike and stuff at the studio, but working with yourself is some, or working for yourself is like such a, uh, invaluable thing. Like, it's so cool. I really am grateful that I can even like do this. I, when I was working at that job till nine and shit, I never thought I'd be like, I'm not doing shit on a Wednesday. You know, it's pretty cool. I saw one of your recent videos um, about the Adobe Max, like mm-hmm. the thumbnail. So did you do, like you worked for Adobe for that project? Yeah. Yeah. So um, they do this this agency. I don't think I can talk about their name. That's I'm not sure. But they uh, they uh, do this thing called co-create where um, let's say there's like 20, they need 20 people to do 20 different things for Adobe. Mm-hmm. You're We're going to hire you to do the... Um, like the screen printing at the place. I'm yeah. gonna make the thumbnails for the YouTube live like sessions. This person's gonna make the flyers for the event. Mm-hmm. And they get someone that has like a niche expertise in the design or art or like social media creativity space. Yeah. Like some people did shit like making Instagram filters, you know, or something like that. And uh, they get everyone to do something. And I assume they hired me because I do design and I also do YouTube. And yeah. I'm pretty obsessive with like, the YouTube stuff and like trying to figure out the thumbnails and like kind of like Mr. Beastifying it or whatever you want to call it, like really get into the like analytics and stuff. So I think that that showed through when they like pitched me the idea and I was like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Like you guys always do this shit. Like, nah, we're going to do the big ass head, you know, or whatever and and try to try it that way. And um, those haven't even went out yet because what I realized was uh, the ones I was making were for the ones that were recorded there in LA. So Uh, the videos aren't edited yet. So I was like, where are my thumbnails when they were putting yeah. out the uh, live streams yeah. or whatever? But they're for the, the in-person session. So we'll see. But that was that was dope, man. Like, uh, I, it's some good clickbait, too, you know? Definitely. Like, yeah. That shit was cool. It's crazy. Because, like, you are a designer. And that's your main thing. And you're really good at it. But you're also Thank a you. filmmaker and just an artist. Just an artist. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, too. It's like, you make YouTube videos, so you are a filmmaker. And I guess you could put the label a YouTuber. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's just did you know how to like edit videos and make videos before starting the YouTube, or you just learn as you went through it? No, not really at all. Um, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at editing and pretty good at kind of just piecing together footage. But I, the reason I would like disagree that I'm like any type of filmmaker is because I feel like um, films unless you're doing a documentary have like a story and I feel like I need to get better at storytelling. That's like my next step. And, uh, it's hard because I don't want to just be like another designer that's doing like, yeah, like tutorials or whatever, like I said. So I'm, I look to inspiration to people on YouTube that are making like kind of little movies and shit, you know? And like, I just like suck at like shooting shit right now. Like I need to figure out. It's a lot of work. Like, yeah, it's hard to do that. And then the added pressure of, I'm also going to like make something within this video. Like at least when you're just like, you know, let's say you're like Casey Neistat or Mm -hmm. someone like that is like a a, a big obvious like example, but he's a videographer and a filmmaker and his storytelling is good. And he takes you through this journey, but it's not like in the video. He's also like, we're going to make another movie or we're going to make a design or we're going to make this uh, like logo or whatever. So that part gets hard sometimes trying to, make something interesting, make something good for retention and make something have a good story, but also 
give the value prop that like i'm also a designer and we're gonna make something yeah you know or i'm gonna teach something yeah so i don't want it to just be all it can't be all education because that's boring and it can't be all entertainment because i'm not an entertainer yeah so have you watched the newer casey neistat videos yeah they're dope yeah they're really good like i just watched the one before i came here his newest one about the new york city marathon yeah i'll watch that later yeah i'm like dude he can make a video about anything and i'll watch it they're Mm -hmm. so entertaining and so creative for sure and he makes it look so easy like such a like do-it-yourself kind of yeah style. but you know he's legit but you know how hard it is to lot, set yeah, up all those cameras a lot of work into that yeah it's every little thing dude like when he insane. runs downstairs and it's like eight cuts yeah like, do, 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 and it's like that must have took him like 20 minutes you know just to set up all those shots and it must be interesting to watch him from the outside like filming these in new york or wherever yeah. he's filming he has the luxury too i think that he's so established that people don't fuck with him oh, if totally. he's doing something yeah like no other person can put their camera in like a phone booth and leave it there and ride off on an electric skateboard. Someone will jack that shit. Yeah. But he probably has someone being like, yo, can you watch this real quick? I'm going to do a little yeah. skate off sequence. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love you or whatever. Dude, yeah, you move back to New York and like everyone just loves him there in that city. Like you just on all the videos, people are just like, yo, Casey, like, yeah. that's crazy. Just to like. That's, I don't know. That's so I really cool. like his brother too. Have you ever Van seen his nice videos? Dad? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love his videos. Yeah, they're, they're so like. They're dope. He's like, I like him because, like I was saying, I follow a lot of the YouTube YouTubers and I look to them for like the inspiration Definitely. with um, yeah. like retention and all that and like editing. But mm-hmm. I like, he's like so anti YouTuber. Like he has these like shorter kind of abstract titles and like weird storytelling about you don't even know what it's going to be because it's just like a picture of like a broken down car or something on the thumbnail and all of a sudden he's like taking on this like little journey or he's building like a cool contraption or some shit i love this video and the music he puts in those too or like it just draws you in it's so different than everything else you watch it's like horror almost like he has droning sounds yeah it's it's insane it's really dramatic have you seen the nice type brother other show they had on hbo no no i didn't know about them way back then but well, they're all on YouTube, all the episodes, oh, and they're super. It's like pretty much what they do now, but super low quality, like the video. But yeah. it's the storytelling that really like draws you in. Yeah, I'm very envious of uh, Van's uh, archival like footage he has because yeah. sometimes I like to. The biggest like um, thing I learned about YouTube, like when I'm making one of those videos where I'm doing a like talking head or whatever you want to call it. And we're talking about like, this is something about like design or freelance or how to make money doing this or this and that. It's, you really need like that B roll and shit, you know, to like engage the viewer unless you're shooting something like more vlog style where you're moving around. Mm -hmm. And he just seems like he could reference anything from the past. And he has like some super eight footage of like Central Park in 1980 or whatever. And it's like, damn, I I have to go on like stock footage and shit or whatever. It's like, it's like he literally filmed everything that went on in his life. Yeah. And you're just, you can just watch it on YouTube. Because people don't have footage that are that old unless they're like true filmmaker people. Because yeah. no one was having cameras in like that time. Yeah. Most people don't even think about it at all. Right. It's crazy. And then, yeah, people, everyone has a camera now in their pocket with their phone and everyone's just filming themselves pretty much mm-hmm. or like what event they're at. But, which is, that's really okay. But it's just, it's really interesting to think about sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think people's first, um, first of all, everyone's default is vertical, which is like not good for using it later for Dude, anything. Yeah. And then they also like, let's say I'm watching something, half the people's, uh, what do you call it? Like, attention span? Not attention no. span, like half the people's, um, like what they would do by default if they saw something cool, 
half the people would do it this way, you know? Because um, they're like, look, I saw this instead of like, well, look at this. This is crazy. Yeah. Or they record it vertically and it's like, what are you going to use that for besides like fucking TikTok or some shit? Well, I mean, that's where TikTok did it right. It was like, it's like, it's all about the vertical video. Yeah, yeah. And yes, because sometimes on Instagram, people can post, people can post like 30 minute long videos now on Instagram or something like that. But they'll put like the what, horizontal mm-hmm. ones and like, it's like, it's not appealing to watch. Yeah. Like. It is on YouTube because YouTube, that's what you're used to. Just turning right. your phone and making a full screen, but on Instagram. Or just or, the black bars are there. And it's yeah. 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 Um, with your podcast, I, I, I saw this stat. How many, do you know how many episodes you've done on your podcast? Because it's quite a few. It's more than like the average podcast. Probably 80, wait, 94. Yeah. yeah so almost 100. Probably 100 if you include like. Over 120, if you include the all the bonus ones I did on Patreon and stuff. I would, yeah, I would include those. Yeah, sure. so um, but on YouTube, probably about 92. I tried to get to 100 before I did this uh, like hiatus or whatever, yeah. but I, I, I just had to do it at that time. I wasn't going to do eight more just to yeah. do it or whatever. Yeah, I saw this stat on a Reddit, and it's 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three, and that's 1.8 million who quit. And then of the 200,000 left, 90% will quit after 20 episodes. And that's another 180,000 people gone. So, like, people, I mean, I've only been doing this for a year now. And this is, like, my 14th or 15th episode. It's not, I don't have, like, that many things. But, like, it's what I want to do, pursue it. And I don't think when people start out, they realize how hard it is to actually, like, start a podcast. Even if if it's just audio and it's by yourself, it's, like there's a whole formula to it there is but there's also not you gotta like find your own way of doing it in that formula yeah pretty much. you can't just call someone up and start a conversation and just ask a bunch of like boring questions you know? right you also need a, a an angle and a uh a why like why do i care about this why should i watch True. this like i wouldn't ever i hadn't like me bringing these cool guests on that people like look up to and i feel like my uh social proof of like oh i'm also a designer and i've done some cool stuff it has allowed me to get in contact with those people mm-hmm. and that helps but like if it was just me bringing on other people then we talked about like bullshit i'm not that interesting like it wouldn't i don't think it it's not like it was a huge success or anything but it wouldn't have done nearly as well if i wasn't niching down like that like people just everyone just wants to be like me and my my bros are so funny like we're gonna do no a podcast that, you know dude. no one really wants to actually yeah, I, I tried doing that here the last time i edited it with my two buddies and like it just wasn't yeah like it. Just, right like i i like to interview first off people i'm really interested in but mm-hmm. my thing is like creatives from all fields so like comedians designers musicians like whatever it is and uh I have to be like really interested in the person to talk to them. I can't just, I, even though like I'm still like new to this, friends and people always recommend, oh, you should interview my friend or you should interview this guy to have like more episodes. And yeah. like, dude, like I'll check them out, but I'm like, usually I'm not interested in anything they're doing. And uh, not that the following matters, but it's just like an, a normal person. Right. Not that I have a huge following, but I don't know. I just can't do it to someone I'm not into. Right. And doing like you interviewed mainly designers. So, like, I could see why that, that could be super repetitive and like you run out of things to talk about because it's just all about design. It's just maybe you guys are talking about like things you've noticed doing it or like ways of doing things or complaining about like things that you don't like and like programs mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, 
I, I was worried about that for a little bit. I, I think there was times where I found the most interesting people and I didn't care that their following or whatever was lower. And those performed well because I started to be the, they're already coming to watch them on my thing rather mm -hmm. than relying solely on the person's like promotion. If there is one. And there's been times where I'm like, ah, this guy is kind of cool or this girl or whatever, but they have a huge following. So I'm like, this might be a good uh, move. And like, it didn't even like do that much better. So like it, yeah. that shit doesn't matter unless it's like insane, you know, That's like, true. like I have like probably 60,000 followers or something on Instagram. And just because I tell you that I went on this doesn't mean people are going to go watch it. You know, like yeah. they might like the ones that really like me or whatever, but it's still reliant on you building your own thing here. Yeah. Like that's what was cool is I felt as I got farther into it, I could bring on like the people where no one knew who they were. And I was giving them the, the platform rather than yeah, like the, not the power, but the, the perspective started to shift a little bit yeah, as it got bigger. Definitely. You know, I relied less on the guest. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I saw you or you interviewed Chris Doe, and I yeah. used to watch his, his the future his yeah. YouTube channel. That was super cool. Like, I, I saw the video and I was like, this guy looks really familiar. Then like you said, the future, and I was like, oh, I I was like when I found you, I was watching his videos too about the yeah. He's he's stuff. a legend. He's cool, man. That was that was pretty surreal because he's like he's big business. Like he his time matters to him, you know. And he he was like, I'll give you an hour or whatever, and we we busted it out, but. That was very, um, not like a bucket list because I, it's not like I was like, oh, Chris Doe, but people were always like, where should I get Chris Doe, get Chris Doe? Because like I said with Draplin, like if you're talking about like someone that's transcended, like just being a designer, he's probably actually even more than him, like on who knows who he is. Mm. He's closer to like Gary Vee than he is to like a big designer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's kind of transcended that like uh, he's just a entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And no. that was pretty weird because he was so much more like down to earth and chill than I thought because he, he, uh, there's some people that like kind of give him shit, you know, and like, uh, cause he, he's been very like repetitive in his methodology and like charged $20,000 for a logo or whatever. And like it's all in good love, but there's people that have been like kind of like, he's a little too salesy. But then I realized like, nah, like he just has the best interest out for people. And like that's just you, when you convey a message online, you can't give all the little caveats and nuances and shit. Like I have people complain to me all the time when I say like, you should save this amount of money if you want to go freelance or you should do this to set up your portfolio. And there's always like some like, like asshole basically that's like, well, that's not everyone. Like I have this portfolio or my friend said I can do my thing with whatever. And it's like, all right, go ahead. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying like, this is my personal recommendation. But if I tell you that, with all those nuances like hey save this amount of money unless you're this person and you live in this area and this area it ruins the whole fucking point it's yeah. just like i don't know i think that's why the internet's kind of like a weird thing because uh you can't like fully convey like the nuances when you're explaining something like you don't know sarcasm you don't know like yeah the the whole thing like i don't know it's almost like, like texting sometimes you don't know like yeah like, you don't sometimes you can read it but you could also be just making up like the type of energy that's going on in right. yourself and that you think is going on. Cause like you, unless you know the person really well, it's like hard to tell if they're being funny or sarcastic over text. Like it's not even real. You're just mm -hmm. typing to them. It's just weird. Yeah. Like boomers. They always like, I always think they're like pissed off at me. 
like dude my mom older people yeah or they're like whatever <laughs> and i'm like yeah. oh, what, what, what's good and he's they're just like no whatever like it's cool yeah i'm like don't say whatever yeah that's like no isn't that weird that's like fuck. a thing like yeah it's, it's just so weird <laughs> yeah it's a generational divide and i talk to some younger people too and sometimes i don't know what they're talking about either even though i'm only 25 yeah it's weird like the, I, know, I totally get that yeah because like we grew up with technology and stuff. All these trends are going to start happening with kids that are in middle school and high school. Like, when we were in high school and middle school, like, there was things that we're into that... How old are you? I'm 24. Okay, yeah. So, we're around the same age. Um, but, like, the, I I see, like, TikTok is a huge thing, for, like, especially for young people. I, I, I go to, like, I'll go out to the beach and stuff, and I'll see kids doing all these, like, things that they saw on TikTok. Just humans, like, just walking yeah. by and stuff. I'm like, whoa, like... Like they think this is super funny. Like trends. Yeah, like yeah. like the, a big one is like the NPC, like acting right. like an NPC. So you're like walking out there, like right. you're in a video game or something, and you're just like, what the heck? Like, like, like it's like dude. Shit. I see that yeah. all the time. Always young kids. They're like waving the people. Well, and we stuff. used to be at the beach. We just didn't record it, but we would do like planking and all that bullshit. You know? You I never that? did that. I remember that. Yeah. I just like I'm not. It's that. not like I was serious about it. Like, <laughs> it we like we did that too. Or, no, or people in my uh, we middle school, they like jerked a lot. You know, oh, like the yeah. dancing, that and was like huge. or like just all that like swag era like yeah. type shit with the snapbacks and stuff like that. That was whack, but like we thought it was cool, and and uh, that's probably how they think. Like, oh, you guys don't know about this NPC shit, or like, dude, I I just found. Remember the wristbands that said "I heart boobies"? Yeah, you get like a Tilly's or Zoomers or whatever. Like, I just found mine. I had in my drawer. Yeah, and I was like, this was a like, huge thing. I remember yeah. not having one. There was, at the time they were like four dollars i'm like dude four dollars is a lot of money to buy this like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know anything about money or i, remember I was like that. i just wanted this so bad because everyone else had one yeah i stole one of those one time in middle really? school because i was like this shit's hard like same that. with like the power like the balance power oh, balance yeah. bands or whatever the baseball kids they try to show you that like they could like they'd be like this dude, that was stuff. the stupidest thing yeah that's like <laughs> such a scam that was like um like pyramid scheme level of like scam like yeah. those prove to be nothing it's like some metallic in there or it's something. insane yeah and you could, i'm sure you could still buy that somewhere online yeah big five or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up here or i guess like the last question but uh i was i wrote this down i was thinking about it i like you obviously you gain um inspiration from other things besides like graphic designers and artists um but like it's just i like to watch whether it's your videos or like Casey Neistat or some just YouTubers, mm -hmm. it's it's just like it's so entertaining. Even though I don't do design at all, I like to watch your videos. Like it's just weird. Like do you like can you relate to that? I'm guessing with other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, where do you gain a lot of inspiration from that's not from like artists or designs? It's hard because like a lot of the stuff I like to watch, it's like that's like art, you know. Like the people that I like to watch, they're their own artists. That's they're true. their filmmakers or. Um, videographers or whatever but i also um i don't know like that i used to ask people that a lot like well where do you get inspiration and stuff i guess it's just like you gotta just it it's just happens when it happens yeah it's vague like i don't know like i think you're always getting inspired by everything all at once always and like you might not know the connections that you make when you're working on something later when you're working on it but mm -hmm. it's like it's not like, oh, I just study, like, the masters all day or whatever and, like, try to figure out, like, like I don't, like, set aside time to gain inspiration, you know? It's just kind of, like, sometimes it happens. But also, like, being a designer, I think that there's a lot more crossover with artists now where 
it's a little bit more art focused, at least with like our generation and everything isn't like only design only for the client, whereas it, how it used to be. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it still is more than artists. It's not all about me, you know? So True. even if I don't have inspiration, like I have to have inspiration if I'm working on a project, like yeah. I can't just not do it if it's something that I've already agreed to do. So I think the best form of inspiration sometimes is just doing shit. Like sometimes people have creative block and stuff and I have too, but I noticed that like once you get into it, that's usually where the block isn't. It's not there when you're already starting. It's the act of starting. I Mm -hmm. think that people have trouble with, but once you get in and you're cooking, I feel like it starts to be like, Oh yeah. Like I I could do this shit every day, you know? So I guess I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of like, just inspired by like wanting to just, I just want to get better at what I'm doing. Like it's, it's cool to like look back and see like that shit was trash that I did. Cause you know, you're better now. Yeah. Like that's like a good feeling. It's inspiring. Like I'm just inspired to be like a little bit better each day. I think. You find it easy to move on from like this past stuff. You just keep wanting to do like new stuff. And like once that's your new stuff's your old stuff, you don't really think about that. Or do you go back and like look at that stuff? Yes. I don't know. It's hard. Cause I really all, when I was younger, I always wanted to have like a style, you know, yeah. and everyone was like, oh, that's, that's Jesse's shit. Or that's glue shit. But it's almost like in the act of not ever finding a style, it kind of happened like organically. And like people, I think, uh, this other, uh, designer and, um, singer Fwa, mm-hmm. she told me, uh, on my podcast I did with her that other people, she thinks other people define your style for you, you know? Cause totally. I was like, I don't think I have a style. And she was like, yeah, you do. Like, look at this. This yeah. is all like this. And I'm like, oh shit, you're right. Cause I think if you try to force it, it's like that can get repetitive and boring. Yeah. So I try to always switch it up and do new things and not get stale, but you got to keep that little thread, like kind of going through it all, you know? Yeah, I, I can see what she's talking about. Like I, I see it definitely. If you go into your Instagram or on your YouTube, like I see like your style you have. And I don't know how to explain it. Like I have no words how to explain right. it. I just, I see it. Like I know how that is. Yeah. It's hard to, that kind of stuff. So like abstract, it's hard to give it like a, everything doesn't need like a genre, you know, or a yeah. label or whatever. That's true. It's all bullshit anyway. Like you look at some of the bands, it's like melodic, funky deathcore. And it's yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? It's yeah. metal, you know, <laughs> or what? That's true. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to end it off. Um, oh yeah. Thanks for watching, everybody. And if you want to just plug yourself real quick where people can find you. Yeah. That one? The middle one, right? Or that one. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Jesse Nyberg, I do stuff on YouTube, mainly Instagram. And my website's jessenyberg.design. YouTube's just Jesse Nyberg. And I have a newsletter, too. It's called Glue's Letter. You can find that on my other social medias and stuff. I've been messing with that, sending it out every week. But other than that, YouTube, Instagram. Jesse Nyberg is everywhere or permanent glue on Instagram. But yeah. Dope. And thank you. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Of course. Thank you guys.